what a prophetic time that we are in. And even this week, Holy Spirit is speaking prophetically so many different ways. And even this morning um, on the fly, I'm trying to put some things together as the Holy Spirit is dropping into our times right now, a very strategic, very important time. And we must hear what the Spirit is saying to, to the church. Last Wednesday, I began to get um, messages from Dutch and Matt Lockett in Washington, D.C. Um, well, Matt was in D.C., but if you don't know who Matt Lockett is, he's the one that leads a group at the Supreme Court with the red tape that says life. He's been leading it for years and does it. They're there all the time. And, uh, but he was at the Supreme Court Wednesday of this past week. Many of you know that uh, at the, I, I think it was 2016 or so at the end of that year, uh, Chuck Pierce gave me a gold vav, a gold stake, and uh, also Dutch, and said, go to Washington, D.C., and drive this stake where God tells you and, and uh, reconnect our nation to its covenant roots. And I've told that story a few times. Um, I'm not going to get into it in a lot of detail today. Long story short, we went. That is the trip also where the angel of the Lord came to us as we stood in front of the White House praying, where do we drive this stake? In the pouring rain, we were standing there praying, and the angel of the Lord came to us and said, mercy, 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 pray for mercy. And we had a sense that we were to pray for mercy and that the angel of the Lord would lead us to where to drive the stake. From the White House, we went to the Supreme Court. Because of the driving rain, uh, we ran out of the taxi, uh, Dutch with a heavy coat on, carrying a, a gold stake about this long, because we didn't want, you don't want to run around up there with a gold stake in your hand. And so he has this big coat on, it's pouring rain, we're holding umbrellas. And I said, there's trees back here, let's run around and just get in this little grove of trees and start praying, which we did. Once we got under the tree, I, I looked at Dutch and said, pay attention. He said, what? I said, what kind of a tree are we under? And we were under a tamarisk tree. And that's when we first, Dutch said, I've been here so many times, I've never noticed this tree. That's the tree that is on the appeal to heaven flag. It was the covenant uh, tree of Abraham where he, he made covenant with God. And I said, we actually ran, the, the rain drove us to this, to this tree. Pay attention where the, the rain drives you. Anyway, we still don't know, we, we, we can't take the stake out and drive it in the ground. There's guards everywhere, but they're up against the building uh, trying to get out of the rain too. And so I said, drop your umbrella down, kind of get in the view, viewing line and throw me the stake. It's so, it, the ground's so soggy, I'll just step on it and drive it in the ground right here, which we did. And that gold stake has been there for three and a half or so years, I suppose. 
Anyway, this past Wednesday, Matt Lockett, who knew the story, and I, we've told it many times, but he called and said, that tree has died and they're cutting it down. All the trees that are there, that's the one that died Wednesday morning. And he had a, a video of sawing the tree down. As they're sawing the tree down and it falls over, uh, a young black couple comes up and stands by that tree. She has a wedding dress on and she's getting married. They're getting married right there by that tree. And of course that speaks to new covenant. When they are done getting married, another young black couple comes up and they also get married right there where that tree's fallen over. And uh, so we're going back and forth and Dutch, he gets, in, gets a hold of Chuck Pierce and he said, Chuck, what's this mean? It's prophetic. And Chuck said, the old is passing away and a new covenant is, is being restored. And the significance, of course, of a black couple is, I believe, a covenant is finally going to be manifest between the black community and the United States in a covenantial way of grace. Because as, he, as Chuck said, no matter how we got here, whether it was on a ship or a slave ship, we're here. And this is our nation and we have covenant rights and it's time for that covenant to be manifest in a healing grace. And this is happening in front of our eyes. And he said, Jeremiah 1, 8, 9, it's time to uproot and plant new. A new covenant is coming forth. And so uh, we're just trying to think this through. What in the world is the Lord saying? And then, of course, on Friday, Rosh Hashanah, we have another shift at the Supreme Court, the death of one of the justices, Ruth Ginsburg. I, of course, did not know that she was going to pass on Friday night um, at that time. Friday morning... I awakened and I began to hear the word of the Lord. Friday was Rosh Hashanah uh, and I woke up and I heard these words uh, in my spirit. The Lord says, Holy Spirit, my ecclesia and angel armies will now lance the boil. I'm not sure all that means, but when a boil is lanced, there is, of course, a spewing forth of infection. But then there's healing. And I then heard these words, the prayers and decrees of the ecclesia are knives in the hands of Holy Spirit who is cutting out corruption as a skilled surgeon. Precise cuts may bleed a bit, but healing can then come. I'm telling you today, Holy Spirit has a plan and he's wanting to partner with the ecclesia who are making decrees into our times. And now we see that it also includes 
a battle for the ideologies of our nation, even in the justice arena. Holy Spirit's been preparing the people of God to make a world-changing stand. He's been preparing us for several weeks now, a couple of months. And he has been persistent in his call, like he won't let up. Persistent in his call to partner with him, to partner with the angel armies, and activate with his kingdom in our times. He's, he's been insistent. Stay focused, stay watchful, think wisely, act with purpose, use your authority, overthrow demonic thrones, use your spirit language. I thought it was very interesting that Jane Hammond started Friday night with the importance of praying in the Holy Ghost. Awake and understand the plans of your enemy to destroy your way of life, and remove Christianity from you and your children. Awake and be aggressive and, and be bold warriors for me. I will lead you. I will, I will empower you. I'll be your advantage. Arise, rule, and influence as Christ's true ecclesia. Clearly, we are moving into a transition phase of Holy Spirit's plan to change things. The next two months are a hinge of history. What happens determines our future, which requires us to understand our times and to answer history, to answer history with God's word. We must answer history with what God says. We are in a, an epic moment of Earth's civilizations as has happened to other empires, like the Aztec Empire or the Babylonian Empire or the Persian Empire or the Egyptian Empire or the Roman Empire or the British Empire. Will, will our influence fade into history or be an influencer of history? Will the, the, the doctrines of, of government that activate freedom and liberty for all people be what we live or will we move into dictatorial oppression? We are in a critical period of time right now and it's not off in the distance uh, in the future somewhere, it is now, we're in it. And we must be engaged for the task. This is our moment. As I said, Holy Spirit's preparing us for it. This is the remnant's moment. This is the ecclesia's moment. It is why nearly two decades of training. And we must answer the challenge with some spiritual guts. As Esther, if I perish, I perish. There, this is no time for faint-hearted Christianity. It is no time for appalling indifference. I mean, who's on the Lord's side? Who are you going to bow to? That is the question, and it's hammered at us all the time now, almost every level. We are in a cultural struggle that will define uh, whether our civilization survives.
Secular totalitarianism wants to use the power of government to, to suppress us at every level, to define how we're allowed to think, what we're allowed to say, to establish a set of politically correct rules that determine what the church is allowed to do. Just look this past week at Chicago and what Sean Foyt and the worshipers there that had gathered by the hundreds to just worship God. Look at what they were told. You can't do that. We will shut you down. We'll lock you up. Go to Cleveland, same thing. We'll shut you down. We'll lock you up. You're not permitted. Thankfully, they had the guts, though the electric was shut off from them, to just sing a cappella. To establish a set of politically correct rules that determine what the church is allowed to do. To set rules based on atheistic mindsets and control free speech, which has been think tanked, think tanked by fools with an evil agenda. I mean, how insanely crazy. Speech controlled is anything but free. Why would we even buy into that? The attempt of demons and those they align with is to remove the church's influence from society, from government, and from laws. For these and, and many other reasons, I, felt com I feel compelled to raise my voice. I feel prompted by the Holy Spirit to say it loud to say it boldly, to say it as clearly as I can and speak against status quo in our world because we are battling for the soul of our nation and the eternal souls of millions whose mind has been darkened by demonic propaganda. So I cannot con conform to godless, lawless, clueless, philosophies that are humanistic in nature that sound good to even some Christians. But in reality, it is not what God says. I will not give it a platform. Say what we say. You have to say it. You have to say it. Say it or we'll beat you up. Say it. You must say this. I will only say what God says. I will... I will... I will not repeat the mantra of fools. It is demonic in nature and it will stifle the activity of the Holy Spirit. Can you quench him? Yes. The ecclesia cannot agree. It must align with what God says. The prophetic word the Lord gave me, Holy Spirit gave me years ago, continues to speak to me. I went through a, a period of a couple of days where I kept hearing an alarm clock. I heard it in the spirit, but I heard an alarm clock like you, some of you may have heard this morning going off, an alarm clock. And as I prayed into it, Holy Spirit spoke. And he said, the alarm clock of heaven is ringing on the nightstand of a sleeping church. And it is sounding out the message, time to rise to the occasion. It is time to rise to the occasion. It's time to rise and shine. 
Yes, darkness covers the earth. Gross darkness fogs the mind of the masses of humanity, just as Isaiah 60 and verse 1 says. But we are to arise and shine in the midst of the darkness, for the glory of the Lord is rising on us. And it, according to 2 Corinthians, it continues to rise upon us from glory to glory to glory. It's time for the glorious ecclesia to rise in the darkness and to shine, to light it up with what God says. Hear this prophetic word from Jeremiah the prophet. Jeremiah 6 and verse 16, New Living Translation. This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. But you reply, no, that's not the road we want. Have you seen the signs up in California that says, keep God out? It's a goat state. It needs to change. Keep God out. Well, keeping God out isn't working good. You have over 40 Forest fires, the place is burning down. It's shaking with earthquakes. You have temperatures that are at record levels. Maybe you should let God in. You reply, no, that's not the road we want. I posted watchmen over you who said, listen for the sound of the alarm. But you replied, no, we won't pay attention. And the rest of that chapter concerns the consequences if you don't pay attention. Yes, there are consequences if we don't pay attention. Message Bible reads, God's message yet again. Go stand at the crossroads and look around. Ask for directions to the old road, the tried and true road. Then take it. Discover the right route for your souls but they said nothing doing. We aren't going that way. I even provided watchmen for them to warn them to set off the alarm. But the people said it's a false alarm. It doesn't concern us. It's time to wake up and see it does concern us. It does concern our well-being. It does concern our jobs. It does concern our children. These scriptures have been burning in my heart for days now. Holy Spirit just keeps reminding me of them. They are words that have brought definition to me for, for years now. And we need to heed them before it's too late. And thankfully, the good news is it is not too late. It's not too late, but it is getting there. That's why the alarm is sounding. We must listen to the alarm, and it is not a false alarm. It's not too late, but it is getting there. The words of Bob Dylan's song, Not Dark Yet, comes to mind. Yes, it's come to that. <laughs> Dylan, a musician and songwriter, received Jesus as his savior, savior during the uh, 
Jesus movement of the 70s and 80s. He then did begin to write some Christian songs. One of the more famous songs that he wrote was You're Gonna Have to Serve Somebody. It may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. You may be an ambassador to England or France. You may like to gamble. You may like to dance. You may be the heavyweight champion of the world. You may be a socialite with a long set of pearls, but you're going to have to serve somebody. It may be the devil. It may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Jesus put it this way. You can't serve two masters. You got you to gotta choose. You can't serve two masters. You've got to make a choice. Might be a rock and roll addict prancing up on the stage. Might have money, drugs, and women in a cage. You may be a businessman or some high degree thief. You may be called a doctor. You may be called a chief, but you're going to have to serve somebody. It may be the devil, it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. You may be a construction worker working on a home. You may be living in a mansion. You might live in a dome. You might own guns and you might even own tanks. You might be somebody's landlord. You might even own banks, but you're going to have to serve somebody. It may be the devil. It may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Might like to wear cotton, might like to wear silk, might like to drink whiskey, might like to drink milk. You might like to eat caviar, you might like to eat bread, you may be sleeping on the floor or sleeping in a king-size bed, but you're going to have to serve somebody. That's the real question of the ages who do you serve? It's one or the other. You can't serve two masters. His song, Not Dark Yet, prophesies the alarm to us. As each verse ends with the line, it's not dark yet, but it's getting there. My sense of humanity has gone down the drain. Behind beautiful things, you can often see pain. Feel like my soul has turned into steel. I've still got the scars the sun didn't heal. Shadows are falling and it's hard to sleep. I followed the river when I got to the sea. Sometimes my burden is more than I can bear. It's not dark yet, but it's getting there. I've been down on the bottom of a world full of lies. Ain't looking for nothing in anyone's eyes. Rarely hear even the murmur of a prayer. It's not dark yet, but it's getting there. The scriptures I just read could have easily been written by Jeremiah these past few weeks. What an accurate verse for our times. Those who have ears to hear can hear Holy Spirit saying, Go stand at the crossroads and look around. Go stand at the intersection of your times, of your nation, of your state, 
of your, your region. Go stand at the intersection where you can go several different ways. Ask for directions to the old road, the tried and the true road. Then take it and you'll discover the right road for your souls. Go to the crossroads. Ask for the, the old godly way. Then walk in it. Travel its path. And you'll find rest for your souls. The prophet paints a picture of someone who's become lost. They took a wrong turn somewhere. They got turned around and now they need direction. They took a wrong path and they, they need to find the old road again. That is America. That is the nation and the people that I I love and I've dedicated my life to serve and to try to give wisdom to. What, what God said to Jeremiah, he is saying to us today, old tried and true roads have been forsaken for godless new ones and they're leading us nowhere. They're dead ends. And even worse, there are ways that seem right to man. But in the end, it's the way of destruction. We are plowing wickedness and sowing into the wind. Is it any wonder we will reap the whirlwind if we do not return to the right road? We, we will enter into the whirlwind, the, the twisted time. The spinning times of dizziness, dizzying evil that shout, wake up. Hear the prophet prophesy it clearly, the prophet Hosea. Hosea 8, 7. It says, they sow to the wind and they will reap the whirlwind. The stalk has no bud. It will never produce meal. If it should produce... Aliens would swallow it up. British Bible reads, For they have been planting the wind, and their fruit will be a storm. His grain has no stem, it will give no meal, and, and if it does, strange nations will, will take it. It won't be productive. The German Bible, they plant the wind. They will harvest a storm. If you plant the wind, you harvest a storm. Message Bible. Look at them. Planting wind seed. They'll harvest tornadoes. Wheat with no head produces no flour. And even if it did, strangers would gulp it down. Strangers have been gulping down America's treasure by the billions. Recent times have been like harvesting in a tornado. One storm after another storm after another storm. America has been planting storm seeds, political storms, economic storms, racial storms, generational storms. The problem with planting storm seeds is it matures. They grow up. 
The seed produces what it is. Our nation has been sowing into the wind and tornadoes of evil are spinning through the land just as God said would happen if we, if we forsake his ways, if we don't turn back to the old godly road. We need to wake up and take a good look around. God is sending watchmen and he has been for weeks now sounding the alarm He's been sounding that alarm for years now. But those who are asleep keep hitting the snooze button. Entire religious denominations just roll over and hit the snooze button. People groups roll over and hit the snooze button. Some who say they're spirit-filled Christians just want to roll over and hit the snooze button. They bury their heads in the sand not wanting to see how things really are. And many placate themselves thinking, it's a false alarm. Nothing's going to happen. Destroying cultural values won't, won't hurt anything. Disobeying what God says won't affect us. After all, God loves us too much to allow storms to come our way. Look around. Storms are already here. The blood of 63 million babies is crying out from America's land. Honored values are discarded for tainted, vile, demented thinking. The consequences of Christian indifference has us surrounded and the indifference is now opening doors to an all-out war on Christianity. It's opened the door to an all-out war against Christian values. Something Christians never thought would ever happen. I find myself saying all the time, I never thought I would see that. I never thought that would happen. I never thought I would hear that in America. Most think their First Amendment rights would, would protect them. Most thought free speech verified by the Constitution will protect our way of life. After all, it says we have a right to worship our God any way that we want to. But now we're finding that our lack of vigilance has endangered that freedom. And now we are seeing where some activist judges are concerned, some government leaders are concerned, or various other rebels who defy the Constitution. We see that free speech only applies if you say what we want you to say. You have the right to worship your God how we want you to. Just keep quiet. You're free to believe what we say you can believe. Our forefathers came to this nation centuries ago because they wanted religious freedom. They wanted to worship God without governmental intrusion. And they fought for that freedom. They were willing to die for that freedom and thousands of them did die for that freedom. They were willing to fight a revolution for that freedom. They were willing to face the bullies. Now it's our turn. It's time to fight. It's time to fight for freedom. It's time, it's time for a cultural revolution. It is time for a spiritual revolution. It's time to overthrow 
constitutional anarchists who seek to suppress our religious freedoms. It's time to fight. Thankfully, this time it doesn't have to be with guns. But make no mistake, it is a real war. We're at war with cultural evil. We're at war with spiritual evils, demonic evil. We are at war spiritually for the soul of this nation. We are at war for the future destiny of our children. We are at war for our constitutional rights and it is time to fight. It's time to fight in our capitals. It's time to fight in the courts. It's time to fight at the ballot box wherever we see it. It's time to engage and fight. It's time to wake up and put this nation back on the old path, the tried and the true path. One of the ways we fight has been resisted by Way too many Christians in our time. One of the ways we fight is with our words. Words are powerful. In many ways, words are more powerful than guns. That's why our enemy seeks to stifle them. It's their way of taking the fight away from us. It is time to speak. It, it's time to... It's time to stop the politically correct insanity and speak up, saying, saying things right out loud. I mean, actually saying them out loud, like, that is the dumbest thing that I have ever heard in my life. I mean, just say it. Saying things like, that's just plain crazy. I don't want my granddaughters going into the restroom with a 40-year-old male who's confused about his identity. I think that's dumb. I, I don't want them vulnerable to perverts or rapists. That's just plain stupid. I mean, I think it's crazy. It's time to speak up and boldly say some things like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to believe that. I'm not going to submit to that and I'm not going to pay for it. I'm not going to take it. Things like, leave me alone. Leave my kids alone. Leave my church alone. Leave our families alone. Leave my faith alone. I didn't tell you to shut up. I didn't tell you what you had to believe. And you're not going to tell me to shut up and just obey you. You're not telling me what I can believe. Things like easing up on the penalty for having sex with children is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's vile. Raise the penalty. Lock them up. Throw the key away. Say it. It's time to say some things like I'm not accepting this European socialistic agenda. I'm not living under communism's agenda. I'm not going to allow the church to have to go underground. I'm not going to allow inquisitions and witch hunts against church leaders. That's crazy. I'm not going to agree with any definition of marriage different than what God says. I don't care how famous you are or who you play for. I happen to think God's way is best 
in any other way is just plain wrong. I have a right to believe that. I have a right to believe God's word and I'm not going to be cowed down in silent submission. It would do this nation a great deal of good if good people would just stand up and say, dumb things are dumb. All it takes for insanity to prevail is for sane people to say nothing. I stole that somewhere. All it takes for insanity to prevail is for sane people to say nothing. Unfortunately, that's been happening. And it's time to stop it. It's time to raise our voice and fight. It's time to raise our voice and fight the oppressive inquisitions designed to muzzle uh, Christians, designed to, to back us down. Again, we are being challenged by the Holy Spirit to affect history with what God says. It's the only way we can affect history. It's by what God says. We are to be very bold history makers following the example of King Jesus and his disciples. This principle is seen in Luke chapter four and it needs to be something that inspires us to action. Rather than history controlling us, we are to control or influence History. The ecclesia is to declare God's word and change history. The people of God are to reset history. It's why we're having a reset conference, putting it back on the tried and true path. In Luke chapter 4, the principle is seen. It's simple. Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River by John. When he comes up out of the water, he's then led into the wilderness where he was tempted of the devil, but he overcame the devil with, it is written, this is what God says, it's how you overcome. After he won that battle, he then returned to Galilee and he began to teach in the synagogues. And then he comes back to Nazareth, his hometown, and he goes to the synagogue to read the scriptures. And at that point, when he goes to Nazareth, he transitions into a vivid prophetic example for us. Luke chapter 4 verse 16 reads this way. He came to Nazareth where he had been reared and as, as he always did on the Sabbath, he went to the meeting place when he stood up to read. He was handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it was written. And that was Isaiah 61, verse 1 through 3, by the way. God's Spirit is on me. He's chosen me to preach the message of the good news to the poor, sent me to announce pardon to the prisoners and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set the burdened and the battered free, to announce this is God's year to act. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the assistant, and sat down. Every eye in the place was on him. Then he started in saying, you've just heard scripture make history. It came true just now in this place. In this new era, the ecclesia is called to stand for scripture that makes history. 
to stand for scripture that changes history. We are being soaked in a, a supernatural boldness to, de to declare these scriptures will now come to pass in our land, right here, right now, and we're fighting for it. This scripture is activating to restore paths of righteousness. This principle of the living God is operating now and we won't back down. This scripture we are declaring will happen and we will not back down. This scripture is making history. It's coming to pass in our land. A boldness to declare what God's word says has to rise in the ecclesia. It will rise. It will rise in these next few months at levels I believe has never been seen before. A very aggressive boldness to say what God says is rising. The, the ecclesia's voice will now sound forth as a trumpet. The true ecclesia, its voice in these next few weeks will now rise like a trumpet. The word of the Lord will not be whispered in fear. It will be thundered with faith-filled courage. It will be shouted with the voice of triumph. It will shake the darkness. It will resonate righteousness. It will roar with power. It will explode with heaven's might. And it will jangle the message of hell. It will reset this nation. It'll make history. It'll change history. Hear the call of the Holy Spirit. History makers, it's your time. This is our time. History makers shine in God's glory. It's our time. History makers stand at the crossroads and declare the tried and the true road. History makers stand up and say, we are returning to the godly way and we will not back down. We will fight for it and we will change our history. I'm telling you, this is the preparation that has been taken almost two decades. And now it's synergizing. It's, it's, it's like the Holy Spirit is compressing us together in a focus and in an anointing to make this stand and shift this nation. Can we do it? Oh, absolutely. But we cannot roll over and hit the snooze button. Be alert and be a history maker. Singers and musicians, come. Thank you, Lord. Understand the question of the ages. You're going to have to serve somebody. It may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to serve somebody. As for me and my house, I'm serving the Lord. As for me, I'm saying what God says. I'm raising my voice like a trumpet and I'm believing miraculous turnaround in a change of America's history and world history is right now coming to pass. It's happening in front of our eyes. Stand if you would please. Lord, today I feel the challenge and the message of heaven in my spirit and I 
I see what you're doing in front of our eyes, that you're changing things from the Supreme Court and what happened there and the signs that you've been given. Yeah, just keep pressing, keep pressing. Don't back up now, don't stop now. Press all the way through, lean into the finish line. Change this history. I pray God for that kind of supernatural boldness to go out to go out into all ecclesias, all New Testament churches, all of the intercessor groups in all 50 states and of course around the world, Lord. This is the time. Let the inspiration and the call of the Holy Spirit be so clear we can't miss it. Challenge our indifference. Challenge us now to arise to the occasion. Challenge us to raise our voice like a trumpet, to not be reticent warriors, to say what God says, to say it boldly, to say it clearly, to as a young maiden share courage enough. If I perish, I perish. I will stand. I will stand for what God says. Synergize the corporate voice of the ecclesia now to make a very aggressive and bold stand. Synergize it in Kentucky, Indiana, Michigan, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Texas, Florida, all 50 states, synergize it now. Let the, the call of Holy Spirit come to now raise your voice as a trumpet. Come back to the old ways, the tried and true path. Return, discover rest for your souls. Come back and connect to covenant again. Let the word of the Lord surround, surround the world, Lord. Let the other nations begin to declare the word of the Lord. Let the ecclesia arise right now with a corporate trumpet voice that changes history, that begins to speak from the glory that is now being revealed, the presence of the living God that is now being revealed. To speak it with such clarity and such boldness that the message of hell becomes confused and, and shatters. We declare we will not whisper in fear. We will declare with great boldness. We will shout your word with a voice of triumph. We will prevail. This nation is turning back to you, Lord. Thank you that it's not too late. Thank you that it's not over. Thank you that you are ringing the alarm and you're saying, wake up, get up, stand up and speak up. Declare my ways. Declare it in the face of enemy confusion 
Declare it in the face of doctrines of devils. Declare the godly way. I pray, God, that you would rise with great power, authority, and anointing through your apostles right now and through the prophets. As we saw, Lord, in a prophetic sign even this past week, I pray, God, for the black community. Prophets, apostles will now rise with great boldness to declare what God says, and their declaration is going to bring clarity where the enemy is called cause confusion. Let them rise with great boldness right now. Let that covenant be reset, restored, and go to a heritage-type level. Bring them forth, Lord, I pray. Bring them forth all over. Let each ecclesia experience that. Let their voice begin to rise like a trumpet calling into the land. We call for the reset in Jesus' name. We call for the reset in Jesus' name. America, return to the godly way. We will serve you, Lord. We will serve you. Let the anointing of the Lord and his passion for this time, his passion for this nation, his passion for souls. Ultimately, that's what this is about. His passion for the coming generation. Let it begin to stir and come to a new level in you as we worship.